Welcome to the Chicago Business Review, where we introduce you to some of the most successful and sharpest minds from my hometown, Chicago, so that you can find out the secrets that have helped these professionals achieve massive success. If you want to accelerate your growth in your personal and professional life so that you can do more, have more, give more, and ultimately live the life you've always desired, then sit back and stay tuned in because you are in the right place. I'm your host, Young Lee, and you are listening to the Chicago Business Review. friends, and thank you again for tuning in to this week's episode of Chicago Business Review. We are so excited to bring on our guest this week. He is an amazing CEO and also a certified dentist, and they have over 33 offices in their network. He has grown this since 2011, and I am so excited to bring on Dr. A.J. Asierno to the show so that he can share some of his secrets on how he's grown his business through these years, through his strong leadership tactics. So let's bring on Dr. A.J. right now. Hey, Doc, how are you today? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Yes. No, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. So excited that our mutual friend Shannon had reached out to connect us because as our listeners know, we try to bring on just people in the area that are doing amazing things in the world of business and really helping out the economy in the town that we both love, which is Chicago and the surrounding suburbs. So First, I wanted to just let you introduce yourself a little bit and uh, share what you've been up to and things that you've been doing uh, with Decision One Dental Partners, as well as some of your other ventures that you were discussing previously. I'm Dr. AJ Eternal. I'm a dentist, but also, I, I guess people call me an entrepreneur, but man, I don't know about that word. I think everybody's an entrepreneur. I, I, I look at more of myself as consolidation in dentistry was occurring. And I wanted to make sure that I was involved in it. And I think, you know, when consolidation occurs, you have a chance of somebody to consolidate you or you to be the consolidator. And um, I, I love my field. I love the relationship-based aspect of being with patients. I love the fact of our dentists having autonomy and having some leadership capabilities in their offices. Again, the relationship piece is just so big in dentistry one of the last remaining healthcare networks that had this relationship piece. And we wanted to preserve that. We want to preserve what we were doing in dentistry. And so my brother and I, my brother, a dentist also, we decided to start our own DSO and take all the great aspects of being a DSO, all the great aspects of being in private practice and try to blend them together and getting rid of some of the bad aspects or, or the, the bad perceptions of a DSO and consolidation and the bad aspects of private practice and getting those out of the way and bring them all together. And that's really what our goal's been. And that's our mission. And that's what we continue to do. That's incredible. So for our listeners who don't know, can you explain to us what a DSO is? Yes. And, and I apologize for the shaky, I'm on an iPad, but as any everybody knows when you're in operations and you're dealing with a company, 
where it's a service-based industry out in the field, you're in the field a lot. In our group, we don't we don't manage from a throne and, and say, hey, this is what you do. We basically get out into the field and see the people that are actually doing the work. So I apologize because I'm out in the field. But a DSO is a dental service organization. So in theory, there's two aspects. There's clinical and business. In dentistry, what's occurring right now is, is that the best way I could explain it is this. In the 1980s, if you had a dental practice, all you really had to do was kind of know how to manage a checkbook or a little bit. Just make sure that there was more money in the checkbook and you were in good shape. In the 1990s, you had to start figuring out, well, wait a second, I got to look at the checkbook just a little bit more clearly and I got to make sure that the checks that I'm writing are the right checks and all that. In the 2000s, the margins as they start to decrease, PPOs really start to move into dentistry. Now the margins start to shorten up, expenses are starting to increase, labor starting to increase, technology starting to increase. Now you have to know a little bit about business to try to figure this out, okay, and to be able to make sure your margins are good. And then after 2010, honestly, I tell our dentists, you really need an MBA in dentistry to really understand and make sure that you you survive in the world that we're in. Post-pandemic, I don't know, I might be changing now and saying that you need a doctorate, to be honest with you, a doctorate in business, because it is very difficult. You know, during a pandemic, running a healthcare company is not the, the easiest thing to do, but ramping down an office or ramping down your business, easy. Okay, this is, this is one lesson I learned. It's not easy psychologically because you built this thing and then all of a sudden you see it go to zero pretty quick, but psychologically it's tough, but it's easy to manage and do. Coming out of the pandemic, super strategic business planning, super strategic on how many people you're bringing back, what's your revenue going to be, what's your, what's your forecast going to be. Very, very specific and uh, probably way tougher coming out of a pandemic or, or ramping up in a pandemic uh, than ramping down. That was a lot of information and so helpful because I say all the time, you never are in the same place. You're either improving and getting better or you're getting worse. So the fact that you have seen this trend of change, which is inevitable in all industries and all aspects of life, but the fact that you have noticed it and you are like, I'm going to be proactive in this changing period and I'm going to either be the one that is helping others grow or somebody is going to bring me under. And so having that foresight is always important. And then also mentioning how as business changes and evolves, I always mention like, we use the word entrepreneur here earlier, but like any business person knows you run two businesses, you run whatever your specialty is, and then you run a marketing or business operations as well. If you're the greatest dentist in the world that no one knows about, you're not going to have very much success. So having to balance both of those to be successful especially if you're trying to run and grow your own business is always something that's extremely important. So I know you were saying over the decades, the challenges that have kind of come about. And so I believe in 2011, you guys decided to start this decision one dental partners. Is that right? That's correct. Yep. 
And so what was your motive or criteria for then bringing on more offices? Yeah. Like what was the strategy on how you wanted to grow it? So we always been an acquisitional based company. So we acquired dental practices that have relationships and have quality dentistry already in them. So that was the original part. I will say this, I'll back this up for a second. For all our business people that are on here, you know, dentistry is very interesting. Healthcare is very interesting because you usually have a doctor that is the leader of the practice and leader of the business, right? But if I asked anybody to manage a business like this, so, but this is how dentistry is. So in the morning, you do a morning huddle, whatever, you rah-rah people up and you say, okay, this is how we're going to do today. And then you leave the business for seven hours and you come back at the end of the day and you say, how did we do? Any CEO or anybody in charge of any business would be like, that's crazy. Why would you do it that way? You can't run a business like that. But that's what we're asking healthcare providers to do that are on their own. We're asking them to do that every single day because their head and their fingers are in somebody's mouth every day, every minute of the day. Very difficult to run a practice and very difficult to run a business and keep your finger on the pulse when you're out of the business. So that's a stress that has been occurring in, in, in healthcare for a long time. That's what happened in medicine. Consolidation occurred. Now, I have a lot of things of what I don't like about what happened with medicine and consolidation. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I can get on a soapbox on that forever. But understanding in dentistry, I think we're really hitting it right. We're not hitting it right all the time. There's a lot of mistakes and a lot of growth that we have to continue to do. But we're hitting it right because we're listening to the clinicians. We're listening to the needs and wants that they have we're still keeping the relationship-based aspect within the practice, all those things, super important. And we thrive on that. That was incredibly insightful as well in that it is difficult for a lot of these specialists or people that are just trying to work their craft to also grow a business and then the support aspect of it and even like you were saying, like listening and trying to see what their needs are and then accommodating those things. What would you say would be like the biggest strength for you and your group in terms of growing so rapidly over the years? You know, what's interesting is, is that if you look at a lot of people and they talk to us, they tell us that we didn't grow rapidly, you know, because consolidation occurs and occurs fast. In our aspect, we did not take consolidation fast. We wanted to make sure that we built a quality organization that was going to survive well past us, you know, well past of any retirement or anything that we're going to do. But in order to do that, you have to understand the business. Okay. So we go like this people first, those people are two people, team members and patients. If you do not understand your team members and you don't know how to treat them well and don't know how to lead them, you're going to have an issue. If you do not know what your customer wants, then you got a problem. There's a Disney saying way back, Walt Disney said, you do not try to build something for what you want. You build it for what the customer wants. And the aspect is you got to build a dental office based on what your customer wants. So you got to listen to your customer. The second thing you have to put into place is systems. You have to create systems for great communication, 
understanding the patient experience, understanding the flow. This is any business process systems. You need that in order to decrease stress and to create a better environment for people. The systems are going to create a better experience for patients. The systems going to create a better experience for your team members. If you could just imagine if you were in a restaurant and there were no systems, I mean, food would be coming out at all different times. People wouldn't be getting the right order. It'd be a disaster. You'd be open only for a couple of days. So every practice has those systems. The result of good people and good systems equal a good business, a profitable business, right? So we always don't manage necessarily from bottom up. We manage from what do the people want? How are the systems doing? And what results is that getting us in the business? You know, and that's, it's a little different of what a lot of people have thought about in healthcare. Sometimes on the business side, especially in medicine right now, you have a bunch of suits that are making decisions for physicians going, you know what I think is a good idea? You should use this product because it's cheaper. Well, that's not really the case. You got to look at the product and how it's in somebody's hands. You got to get the clinicians buy-in. Like, I mean, there are so many things that have to occur and change management within the healthcare industry. So, so understanding all that, that's how we decided to grow our business. That's how we've grown rapidly and how we've gotten really good team members involved. I mean, you know, the industry standard, call it, I'll go low on this, call it 25% turnover on the doctor range, 30% turnover on the team member range and in healthcare we're sub 6% turnover on our doctors and on our team member side, sub 9%. So we try to establish a, a place that people want to work for, not have to work for. That is a big cultural piece for us. So it is listening to our team members, listening to our patients, understanding where we want to be. Yeah, no. And uh, I think that the accolades that you guys have been recognized for kind of showcases that where, you know, you guys have been voted the top workplace in Illinois twice and the number one workplace in the dental industry. You said two things there where it's like you guys are trying to focus on people, your team members, which I love that you call them team members, and then your patients. And then the second thing is systems. And you're right. If you don't have the systems in place, you cannot grow any business or scale any business because the client wants the same experience time in and time out. And they want to know that you are there for them. And so like even businesses like Amazon, the way that they've been able to grow is they have the prime service. When you press that button, you know, you're getting your delivery within two days. Every time it's the same process. And in order for you to have that, you have to have those systems in place so that you can grow and that you can scale. But the other thing that you had mentioned that I feel like really separates you as a leader from maybe some other businesses or organizations is talking about, it's not always just about the bottom line. It's not always about saving a little bit of money, but it is about making the client experience better. And that's how you grow a business is by providing extraordinary services, not services that you feel like you would like, but you tailor it to what the client would like as their experience. So that was super insightful. Uh, I appreciate that. How did you decide to get into dentistry in the first place? <laughs> That's a great question. So my brother 
he wanted to be a dentist since he was three years old. I mean, everything that was around him was being a dentist. You know, coming out of high school, I was, well, I think I want to do something in medicine, something in there. So when I first went to uh, Creighton University undergrad, I really wanted to be a physician and work towards that. As I started to do uh, osteoporosis research and look into it, I was like, man, this looks like a disaster. You're not really treating patients anymore. You're just a high paid shift worker that, you know, it's insurance telling you what to do and all this stuff. And I just found myself disenchanted with, with the medical world. My brother at the time, I didn't know what I was going to do. My brother went to dental school. My brother was like, why don't you go into dental school? And I said, man, I don't know if I really want to work on teeth and all that stuff. And as I started getting into it, I, I finally figured out, oh my gosh, this is actually what I want to do. This is, you tell somebody what's wrong, you get it done, you're taking care of people. This is it. So I got into dental school and then found out that everything that I learned in dental school is about 10% of what it makes to actually make you succeed. 90% of it is now you're a business owner. And by the way, I have zero business sense, never took a business class in my life, still have never taken a business class in my life. And I'm like, man, I better start learning on the job. This is crazy, you know? And um, it, it was a humbling experience, you know, to learn that. But I found out that I really did have a passion in my blood for business. And I had a passion for being entrepreneurial and growing something. So that's really kind of how it all started. And, you know, I joined a, a real large group practice coming out of dental school because both my dad and my mom, my mom was a school teacher, Catholic school teacher. My dad was a, an accountant. So they weren't dentists. I didn't have anybody in the dental world. My brother was a dentist. He took over the associateship of our childhood dentist. So I oh. came back and I was like, I got nowhere to work uh -huh. and joined a large company, learned a lot from a large company, the things I like and didn't like, and then moved to buying my own practice. And luckily I bought a practice within a building with four other older dentists. All those dentists sold their practices to me. I built my practice and boom, next thing I knew, I knew how to transition practices. I knew how to transition team members. And then my brother and I decided, Hey, let's take this game uh, on the road. And that's what we did. That's incredible. And I think one of the underrated characteristics of great leaders that I've encountered is just the, uh, go-getter attitude, the like, you know what, I'm going to figure it out. There's so many people I feel like that are really smart, but they overanalyze things. And of course, you should do your due diligence. You should do your homework. You should learn as much as you can. But at the end of the day, doing is going to be the biggest benefit in terms of trying to succeed in something. Because you can think of something forever, but the person that takes action tends to be the person that gets rewarded. And so kudos to you on even though you were like, you know what, I don't know how to necessarily run a business, but I'm going to figure it out. What were some things that you did during that time to help educate you on running a business? Was it like looking for mentors or reading books or just learning on the job? Like I know you learning, say yeah. learning on the job and learning from my peers on what they did wrong. I yeah. learn more from people and I learn from myself when I make a mistake. That is way more learning for me than if I, if I succeed in anything. And I will tell you that I, I just, you know, you keep the philosophy in your head. If you're not growing, you're dying, you know? Perfect. So every business should be like that because there's one thing that you can guarantee the next year, your expenses are going up. 
right? <laughs> and yep. if your revenue is not increasing or you're not finding another way to increase the profitability of your practice or the profitability of your company, you're going to get eaten alive because it's slowly and surely going to decrease over time into a position that you're going to be like, what the heck happened? So if you're not growing, you're dying. And also understanding that I learned very early on, honestly, this is how it went. I would sit people down and in the dental chair, I would learn from entrepreneurs and people that came into my practice and they own their own business or they were part of big business. I would just start asking thousands of questions in the room, to be honest with you. Just, so what do you do here? And how did you learn this? And what did you learn this? And I just struck up friendships with a lot of people that helped me during my career. And yeah, were mentors to me, basically, even though they weren't in dentistry, business is business, you know? And so I learned that aspect. Probably one of the most important parts of that that I learned was there was no business that I knew was a get rich quick. If you're into that, you're in it for the wrong reason. I grew it understanding that I was going to work 90 hours a week, probably to a fault of mine and to a, to a success of mine. I always looked at it. There's 24 hours in the day, you know? So when I was working eight hours at the chair and two hours in business, I'd be like, I got 14 hours more to go. When I was working eight hours in the chair and I had six practices and I was doing eight hours of work at night, I was like, well, I still got eight hours to go, you know? And it was just, it's just the mentality that entrepreneurs need to have. Everybody asked me, I still work two days a week as a dentist, the CEO of a company. We just did a strategic partnership. I'm now the CEO of uh, Midwest Dental, which is now I'm, I'm in charge of 220 practices, over 5,000 team members. And I would tell you, I still work two days a week in a chair. Why? Well, because one, I, I have my hands in the actual business that we run. So nobody can ever look at me and say, well, AJ, you don't understand, man. You're, you're, you're a suit and you haven't been in dentistry a while. No, I, I do it twice a week, right? That's one thing. The second thing is I look at it and I go, there is no greater field than being a clinician. Clinicians make a good living, right? And I never want to take away from my company of the growth and abilities to go ahead and continue growing and continue hiring and continue doing great things because me as a leader or me as the entrepreneur or me as an owner is taking so much out of the business, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. When I was early on in my career and I had 12 practices, 14 practices, people would be like, are you kidding me? Why are you still doing dentistry? I was like, because my company can't afford me. Well, what do you mean? I was like, I'm making a good living being a dentist. If I went ahead and asked my company and I'm, I'm the owner, right? Uh -huh. If I asked myself in the mirror in the morning, AJ, you're going to stop doing dentistry and you're going to pay you what you make in dentistry. I would have handicapped the company. We wouldn't have been able to grow as much as we could have. It, it would just been bad, you know? So my brother and I decided we're going to stay at the chair. We're going to continue doing this. People think we're crazy doing that. I think it's a blessing. I, I think it's just, you know, one of the things that we learned right away was, man, hard work. There is no supplement to hard work. I, I love that so much. And what you were saying there about like asking other business people, people that were sitting in the chair in front of you, just trying to learn. That's why I incorporate and pay for mentors and coaches and that's why I try to give back by doing that for team members and people that reach out to me because 
I know how valuable that was in terms of trying to compress the amount of time that it would take me to learn it on my own. And then the other thing that you said there that is just a common theme with all of the guests that I have on this show is hard work, hard work, hard work. Nothing comes easy. If you want to have a sustainable success, nothing takes the place of hard work. You have to put in the time. You have to put in the effort. People always overestimate what they can achieve in one year and they underestimate what they can achieve in five years or 10 years if they're working diligently towards that goal. And everyone nowadays is like, how can I get rich quick? How can I get rich without working that hard? And the answer is, unless you get lucky, and even if you get lucky, it probably won't last because the only common principle of successful people that I have met is they understand the concept of hard work and putting in that time. And then also in terms of like leadership, having your hand on the pulse of the business, knowing what's going on. The fact that you mentioned that your style is more of like a servant leader where you're trying to provide more for your team. And that's why you're like, you know what? I'm not going to pay myself. We're just going to try to grow this business and I'm going to do everything that I can to do so. I feel like a lot of people have this misunderstanding or they see the end result like, oh, Dr. AJ is so successful and they don't see all of the hard work that you put in throughout all the years and all the sacrifice. But it seems to be the common story with every successful entrepreneur that I talk to or interview or, you know, coach with is like, you know what, they put in the work, they had the ups and downs in the beginning, and uh, that's how they were able to grow it. You know, I really appreciate this time. I know you're busy out in the field. You're, like I was saying to you before, one of the most committed guests I've had, and you're on the road, you can see the rain in the background, but you're here because you understand that hard work, that commitments are things that you have to execute on. One last thing that I wanted to touch on before letting you go is I know that you guys do a lot of like community service stuff and just really treating your team members well, as well as just giving back to the community. What led to that or why do you guys feel like that's such an important pillar of your business? I mean, real quickly, so we have three core values, altruism, teamwork, and excellence. Okay. Altruism is our first and foremost because it is I need others more than they need me. That's that servant leadership. That's the process I go into always. I say that about my patients because they can pick any dentist that they want. And I say that about my team members. They can go at work anywhere they want. I need them more than they need me. And so the aspect is, is that we continue to serve our team members that way because of that. And we serve patients and we serve philanthropy the same way because we need that also, right? Others out there need me more than I need that. And, and that's just super important. From a Clearbrook standpoint, Clearbrook is you know part of our philanthropy arm. We do a lot of Veterans uh, Day stuff. We continue to host a a big picnic every year. Last year we couldn't, of course, but uh, you know, hopefully it continues with our team members and stuff like that. But that's the whole reasoning why we want people to want to work for us, not have to work for us. I want them to go home and feel like, hey, I work for a great organization and this is what we do. 
That's incredible. And uh, I feel like all of these are the reasons that attribute to your guys' continued success. You know, I know that it's just going to continue on in this trajectory and probably even at a steeper rate now that you've kind of gotten it figured out and are growing. And that's why you're in Wisconsin scouting out other locations and things like that. I just really wanted to thank you for your time today. Doctor, if there are people that are either looking for a great dentist that they can go to, or if they wanted to just connect with you to possibly ask you a question about how you've grown your business, things like that, what's the best way that people could connect with you? Yeah, through decisiononedental.com. You can get a hold of me through there. My email is pretty simple, AJ Acerno, just AJ Acerno at decisiononedental.com. So you're more than welcome to email me and and get a hold of me that way. If you're looking for a dentist, mychicagolanddentist.com is a, a good way or just through the Decision One Dental website. But Great. I'm happy here and happy to share anything that I can. Um, you get to a point in your career where it's fun seeing what you did, but it's even more of an accomplishment seeing what others are doing and any way you can help others. So anything I can do for anybody is great. Yeah, no. And you can see that throughout our whole conversation and and just how much you're willing to just give not only to your team members and to patients and clients, but you just have that giving heart and it comes off that way. And so I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to us connecting more moving forward. And I wish we had a little bit more time. I'm hoping that I have you on again so that we can discuss a little bit more of what you guys have continued on to do. But we'll make sure that we have all of that contact information and your website on the show notes. So please go and support Dr. AJ. As you can see, he is not only great at what he does, but he genuinely cares for his patients and the people that work with him. So go and support him and his business and really reach out and thank him for all of the time and all of the information that he's provided. Guys, we want to continue to bring you guys guests that are doing just amazing things here in the Chicagoland area. So if you guys have anybody that you're interested in hearing from or that you would like us to have on the show, please just reach out, leave them in the comments. And also, please, if you found value in this, share, like, subscribe. It really means a lot to us. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. And we'll see you next time on the Chicago Business Review. Thanks so much, Dr. AJ. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. I truly respect your time. So I hope this was valuable to you. And if you're a new listener, then thank you for checking out the show. And don't forget, you can find all the resources, links, and show notes on our Facebook group, Chicago Business Review. Just go to Facebook and search Chicago Business Review so that you can find out all the latest info on future podcasts, get all the show notes, and network with other highly successful and driven entrepreneurs and professionals in Chicago. Also, be sure to contact me while you're over there and share any feedback, questions, or guest recommendations you have as well. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.